It's time to roll out the red carpet for, well, new carpet. Right now at the Home Depot. Choose from hundreds of styles and colors from top brands. Plus, get free installation. So whether you want to brighten up your bedroom, add a little more cushion to your living room, or yes, add some VIP flair to your hallway, you can get the perfect carpet to match your mood with free installation from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. Hey, folks. What about you? This is Ricky Warwick from Black Star Riders, and you are listening to the Hook Rocks with the one, the only Mr. J. Scott. Good evening, everybody. Once again, it is another episode of the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, staying healthy. It is warming up all over the place here in the States. Spring is upon us. Numbers for COVID are going down. I hope that's a sign of things to come because we all want to get back to going to live concerts and seeing live shows. And I think there might be light at the end of the tunnel. I am a optimist, but I'm also a realist and hoping that uh, things continue to improve so we can get back to somewhat normalcy here, whatever that is. But as always, we are offering you an escape from the outside world. We're talking music, music commentary, music interviews, and we have a great guests or great guests today from the band The Treatment. We have Danny Mansworth, the drummer, and Tal Cray, the guitar player. How are you guys doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. So I'm excited to have you guys on. I've been into the treatment. I discovered you guys on the last album, which was, I think it was Power Crazy. Back yeah, yeah, yeah. in 2019, I stumbled upon you guys, and I just was floored. You guys are absolutely incredible. Oh, thanks a lot, man. The new album is Waiting for Good Luck. It's going to be out on Frontiers Records, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to get in all, all that, but we always start the same way on the podcast every time we have a new guest, and that is the essence of the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock band has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you guys? Um... I think for me it was ACDC without a doubt like I got into it at a very very early age through, through my dad and like it changed my life basically and it, from, from the moment I, I heard that band I knew I, I wanted to be a musician and, and play, play in a rock band and I've never looked back since I think pretty much exactly the same and the reason I'm still here <laughs> just, just seeing seeing Angus for the first time um, the moment I first saw ACDC I was just something clicked in me and I just and that's, that's what I've got to 
to do with my life. And um, yeah, as well, haven't looked back and we're still here. So where did it go from there? From ACDC, what was the, your own personal evolution into music? When did it become something that you wanted to do, when, that you wanted to get up on stage and perform? Pretty much the next morning. I think <laughs> I, I, I got to learn how to play guitar. I've kind of been mucking around a little bit. My, my brother actually started playing guitar before me. Um, and then from the moment seeing that, it was just, yeah, guitar, guitar, guitar. And I was still in school at the point. And then coming towards the end of school, I just knew that, well, I'm not going to college. I'm not further in this. So I'm getting out as soon as I can. And um, that that was how it kind of started for me. And then I obviously the treatment was formed a little bit before I even knew about it because Dan formed it with his dad. And I basically through, through our, uh, our first bass player, Rick, he went to school with me and I got, I kind of got, well, got wind of it through him and then just said, mate, I've got to join and went for an audition. And then 10 years, no, even more than that, 12 years later, I'm still here. You know, it has just the power to kind of really grab you and, and never let you go. And, you know, you mentioned ACDC. They're a huge, phenomenal, influential band for musicians and bands all over the globe. Um, as far as ACDC goes, what other bands, where did it go from there from ACDC? Because you can hear the ACDC influence in the music that you guys do. Um, yeah. But where where else do you guys pull from influences? Oh, there's tons of bands that we draw influences from. Like We're very influenced by The Cult, Aerosmith, um, Leopard, Def Leppard, all, all the classic like like mid-70s to 80s bands. Like that, that is that kind of time time period that we, we're all obsessed in like especially like bands like Crocus as well and Iron yeah. Maiden and all them bands that we draw influences from it's, it, we, we we don't really listen to anything past 1985 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but does that you know when you mention the influences of, of the of those bands are all great phenomenal bands and you guys have a a sound that's reminiscent of all those bands you guys kind of merge all those influences together as far as new music goes, we just had the ACDC album come out in November, which a lot of people here in the States rallied around because it was it was kind of the music that everybody needed at the time doing, you know, during the pandemic, no one's really doing anything. And then you have ACDC just drop this album that everyone's just craving, you know, a, a good feeling, a good time. And here we are, you know, talking about a band that's been around since 74, I think it is, 75. And, you know, yeah. They, yeah. they've been able to, you know, to, 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 to do all that. So what's it like when you hear, you know, a band like that release such a powerful album, you know, in 2020, you know, 30 years, 40 years after they were, you know, they were formed? It's awesome to yeah. see, you know, that band still out there making records I'm, and doing what, what they love doing. And yeah, and it, I, think, I think inevitably it also proves that rock definitely isn't dead. Yeah, the, the 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 reaction to that. Well, it yeah. went straight. In, it went number one in fifteen countries. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like if if rock's dead, how is that possible? Do you know what I mean? It it obviously it, it makes us feel like more confident, and it makes us know that there is there is people out there that are uh, listening to the same stuff we listen to, and it's also great to see them guys in their. 70s get up there and yeah, still, still do it still do it you know what i mean so it gives it gives us the inspiration to like just never want to quit 
That's a great point. You know, I mean, when we talk about rock music right now, there are people that want to label it as being dead. And we all know that's not true. It's it's the farthest thing from the truth. I do agree that there is a problem with relevancy. And we've talked about that several times on this podcast where the relevancy of rock and roll has taken a back seat over the past couple of decades. But I think the positive thing is every day, it seems like rock and roll is gaining more and more momentum, whether it's bands like you guys or if it's the new faces of rock music. These uh, There's a lot of new bands all over the globe that are primed for success. I just mentioned this in a conversation the other day that there has never been a time in rock music history where there's been this many bands making this much new music from all these different geographic locations. There's, it's never happened before. And, you know, whether it's the UK, whether it's the States, whether it's South America, whether it's Europe, whether it's South Africa, Australia, Canada, wherever it is, it just seems like rock and roll, every time you turn your head, there's a new band, there's new music coming out from newer bands. And that's a really, that's a really big reason to celebrate. Definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. I think it's, it's I think, just, yeah, it's, the, it's the, the whole thing with what's going on in the world at the moment is that every single band for the first time, and, and us, you know, completely included, is we had so much time to actually work on music. And that's something, we, you know, we've never had that kind of time before, which is, I think, a, a massive contribution to the record that we just made is having that amount of time to be able to actually hone in and craft the songs and work on every aspect of your record and I think we're, we're going to see a massive like um, resurgence yeah resurgence of, of music coming out from so many different artists who have had time to do that and I think if anything it's going to really it's going to kick start a whole scene that people have been claiming are dead for years or absolute rubbish I think the scene's the, the, you know the strongest it's ever been and I think it's only going to get stronger when fans can go out and and you know appreciate live music again and I think people are starting to realise how important it is to support your local bands and your up and coming bands and that's yeah. something that's maybe been overlooked for quite a while Definitely. you know especially in the UK I we think, get, yeah we get so much music yeah. here that it's it's sometimes our local bands and small bands are forgotten about and, and I think I think the problem I think the problem has always been I'd say probably for the last 20 years is a lot of people they want to hold on to the classics you know what I mean? Mm. But they're slowly, slowly starting to realise that the classics ain't going to be with us for the next ten in the next 10 years. You know what I mean? Kiss a corner today. I'd be very surprised if ACDC have got another two albums left in them. Do you know what I mean? It's it's time for the torch to be passed over to the young up-and-coming bands. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it'll be the generations below us who are listening to the bands of this current generation. I think that's a great point. You know, it's something that, uh, again, we've talked about before, where in 10 years, when you think 10 years from now, it's highly unlikely that ACDC will still be touring. It's highly unlikely that Iron Maiden, Metallica, all these bands will be touring in 10 years. And there's all these great new music. There's these great bands that are from the last 10 years or so making music. It's almost like you can see the passing of the torch almost happen as, you know, life keeps moving. And I think that's about to happen because I think over the next year to five years, a lot of great things are going to happen with rock music. Without a doubt. Well, it's slowly, it's slowly breaking through. And like, mm. it's, it's nice to see, like, even, like, 
in in the UK, like a lot of the bands we've all, you know, what I mean, all the bands that we've kind of started out with. Every time we're releasing the albums now, everyone's starting to regularly chart, whether it be Amazon charts or the national charts or whatever. It's great to see rock and like up and coming rock bands get into the charts. So I mean, so it's definitely showing that there's a slow progressive audience that are slowly building and, and coming around to the new the new rock bands. It's a great point. You know, when I think of just, you know, over the last few years, you know, the change in how rock is being viewed by the younger generation, right? The youth is really where it's at. You know, if the young people like your music, they're always going to be fans of your music. And I think, you know, where where pop music and hip hop have kind of ruled the roost over the last couple of decades, I think that's slowly eroding to rock it's becoming music. I think the, the problem with even the hip hop now, but even back in the days of NWA and, and Dr. Dre and all that, they really originated. But I think even even hip hop and rap is starting to become very samey, and I think people are starting to notice that. I think there's also it's, it's the live energy of rock and roll. Oh, yeah. that you know we we get a, a lot of you know people who come to our shows, and they, they might not necessarily be rock and roll fans, but they come and see us. And it's the buzz it's, and the energy. The buzz and, yeah, the complete energy that comes with rock and roll that it can't really be matched anywhere else. There's just something about rock and roll when you go to a live show that is incredible. Because it's, it's real. Yeah. It's completely organic. And people go there and they, they feel the energy that you're, you're giving off, you know what I mean? As opposed to a, a lot of music is so electronic these days, it's almost like robotic. You go to yeah. a rock concert and you can feel what the, the, the guys on the stage are giving off. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any other energy like a rock concert, you know, where the synergy between the crowd and the band, the musicians that are on stage. And I think when a young person goes and experiences that, you can't help but be wrapped up into that. I know I have a 16-year-old son and I've been taking him to concerts for years. And it is a moment where, you know, the, the buildup, the tension and the band comes out and, and just the, the crowd reaction. It, it's a very unique and special experience. Yeah, it's a one of a kind of experience. It's, it's an experience you can't get anywhere else. And I think that's, that is what is amazing about rock and roll. And that will never change. And it's, you know, it's what captured us. You know, when we first got into ACDC, it was like, well, what was it? It was that energy that, you know, that band put on stage that you know drew us into doing what we do today and that's that is something that i feel no other genre has captured like rock and roll i had a recent conversation with guitar player richie cotton and he is he has an album coming out with adrian smith from iron maiden and yeah. and one of the things he said in the, the interview what's that I've actually we've heard the new single from that. Yeah, it's a great album. It's a fantastic record, and and I can't wait for for the release of it. But um, he said something really interesting during the conversation about COVID and being creative. And as you guys know, once you release an album, it starts a cycle of things. Right, you got to release it, promote it, tour on it, and then come back, record a new album, promote it. It's like a it's like an ongoing cycle. And he felt that the downtime being able to kind of stay present really helped his creativity where he wasn't pressured to 
make music and get back out on the road like he normally does feel you know like once you stop touring you got to be creative you got to do all that and there's really kind of no time to rest and he was finally able to breathe a little bit um and he and he feels that that was a, a huge thing a positive thing for him how do you guys feel about that downtime that you experienced definitely i i get what he i get what he's saying there because when it comes to us actually like recording the album we were all in lockdown. Thankfully, we, we, we live like the same area, so we were able to bubble together. And, um, yeah, we managed to, like, all of our other albums, we've, we've never had as much time to do the pre-production. You know what I mean? We had, like, six months of solid playing and not having to worry about anything other than music. And I don't think we've had that in the, in the last, probably since the first record, you know what I mean? I don't think we've ever had yeah. a chance in the amount of time we had. Yeah. So it was it was really really nice to like not have the pressures of oh we've got we've we've got a studio on this date we've got to get in we've got to get the material together and so on so it was like the material all came naturally and then once we got out of lockdown and we've written everything that's when we were able to record it and the band was so tight by the time we actually went into into record the album it was like it was it was probably the best recording experience we've ever had. That's that's very. Very cool. Out of something bad, something good happens, and it was it allowed you guys to kind of have more of an organic experience. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, we wasn't even planning to do the record. I think that's why it also comes so naturally as well. Because we had we we went on tour with Buck Cherry at the end of two nineteen. Yeah, yeah, it was at the end of two nineteen, and we were going to be pretty much touring solid throughout the whole twenty twenty, and we did our first first date of that of that touring schedule and then after that everything got cancelled so we had absolutely nothing it was, it was in the space of like a week it was yeah. kind of like um one show maybe yeah and then all of a sudden everything just yeah. came through and everything got cancelled so we were like what do we do so like naturally the the first thing we started doing was we just we started jamming and then we got a couple of ideas and then so on and so on and then six months later we had an album and then you know what i mean it it, it worked out so well for us how was the recording process? I mean, you mentioned that you guys, you know, had more of an organic feel, more, you know, time yeah. to kind of relax. But you were recording music and writing music during a pandemic, and it's something yeah. that none of us have experienced before. Did you find that because of what's happening in the outside world that the tone of your music was a little different? Or, you know, I know in the previous stuff that you guys have released, it's always kind of had that energy that 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 good time energy that party time energy did you guys find that it was maybe a little different in how you guys felt about what you were recording yeah to an extent because it's like i think it brought out the best in us because it, it was more of a build-up of energy because yeah. was, you know you deal with all us guys who are locked in and when we're not people who are built to be locked in you know we want to be out there and that kind of uncertainty of what is going to happen in life what is when is our next show? When is the next anything? I think built with such a huge amount of energy within us while while we were in production. And then when we got to the point of recording the album, it was kind of, it was the first time we'd really even done anything. So it was like a live yeah. gig for us. And it was such an explosion of energy that I think it was, you know, I mean, we've always been a good time, you know, beer drinking, rock and roll band that, that I just think doubled or tripled in the music because, we had actually kind of had, had been locked in and hadn't yeah. been able to get out. And it also, I think it, it, it was it was it was a good 
good in the sense that it massively put life into perspective. Yeah. And it was like, it made us realise that this band is absolutely everything to us. And, you know, I mean, we're actually so lucky to have this band to hold on to. You know what I mean? It definitely give us some motivation throughout the lockdown to, like, work. You know what I mean? Work towards it. You know, when you have the reality, which was 2020 and now into 2021, where there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of frustration because of that uncertainty, music has a chance to be therapeutic for people. And and I imagine recording the music, writing the music, kind of being in your own world, in your own reality, while the world is, quote-unquote, burning down, was a great place to be for, for someone like yourselves. And, you know, being able to be creative outside of what is happening, kind of, you know, living a little bit of, of a bubble. Was that what you guys experienced? I think it's like, it, it's music's always a bit uncertain because, you, you know, you don't go yeah, into you, it and you, you, you're not going to, you can't just, you don't work your yeah. way up and you don't just go, oh, there's, there's, you know, you will get there. It, it always has a level of uncertainty, but that's what gives mm-hmm. it the, the amazingness of being in a band. But I think with being in lockdown and, and you know, Dan saying it put it in perspective, it was just like, this is all we have to hang on to in life. We're not, none of us have got careers and anything else. We're, we're literally, this is what we do. It's what we love doing. It's, it's what we all feel we were put on this planet to do. And yeah, I, th- I think that feeling of just like really going, wow, I'm so glad that we had this to get through what was such a, you know, horrific time to be, to be around in the world. And we actually turned it yeah. around in a bit of a more, you know, more positive Definitely. way. I think it's like, I think it's times in life when you find yourself like against the ropes, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you've actually got, you've literally got two options. You're going to either give up or you're going to fight to the end. And, you know what I mean? Thankfully we come out, we've made the best record we've ever done. And we've, it's put more buzz around the band now than we have done even, even from the last record, you know what I mean? So, I think this this record has definitely pushed us to a level that we actually, I don't think we could have got to without having to go through the hardship of COVID and like really testing ourselves to what we're made of. There's going to be a lot of music coming out from so many different artists over this next year, year and a half. And that's cause for celebration. I know we talked about you know, the ACDC album starting in November and it kind of, you know, segued into 2021. But the great thing is, is that there's all this new music coming out and everyone, from what I've heard so far, every album I've heard so far, it seems bands and artists are swinging for the fences. Like they're, everyone's just going for it. Was that kind of the mentality that you guys had, or was it just you know the fact that you guys were more relaxed that it was able to kind of build and build to make this product and then release it into a time where people are craving something new? Yeah, I think I think we we went we went into it with the with the mentality of like this is a make or break record, like this is either going to launch the band into a different level. Or we're going to go down in a place of glory, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, even like, because we, we knew there was something missing in our previous records. We, we wasn't sure what, but we changed the formula in this record and we'd never played live. On this record, we did everything 100% live. We did hardly any editing on this record. It was literally the four, four guys in the room playing 
and we just steamed into it at first and and hope for the best you know what I mean and and we're absolutely blown away about it come out and it's like I mean looking back we're like why didn't we do this from the first place <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean but as well obviously my dad produced the record he did an amazing job on this record uh, we, we managed to get Kevin Shirley on board to mix it and I think the combination between the two my dad's production and Kevin's mixing made this album amazing as far as the album goes in writing this record, how was the collaborative process? What was that like? I know you guys mentioned that you all live in, you know, proximity to each other. And, yeah. you know, there's some bands that, you know, kind of had to do stuff over Zoom and, and yeah. whatnot. But, and I know, and I talked to Inglorious Nathan James, they had to have certain people in certain areas of the studio, you know, during that time. What was the, the process like for you guys? I think we were, we were quite lucky in a sense because uh, so Dan, me, my brother Teo and Laurie, we we were all in the same bubble. So the whole writing process started quite a while before obviously we even hit Rockfield. Laurie's got his own production studio here. And I think for us having the time where he could drill us and really get the band into perfect shape. I mean, you know, there was blood, sweat and tears before we went in and recorded this album. Wasn't just like yeah, it paid overnight. There was there was countless mm-hmm. boiling summer nights. Yeah, sucking a little rehearsing, 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 rehearsing. and um and so that that whole process came together um, over quite a while um, of, of the first lockdown, but where we weren't able to go out and do anything, it was all we were doing, and so the whole the album was worked then, and the songs were put into perfect shape, and we got to a point where we were like, okay, right, let's let's do this and like I said you know with Dante we recorded it live but that was something it was a huge challenge because we'd never done that before so then we went to Rockfield um, and we only have four days to actually record like all the backing tracks were done then and we only have four days to do it so that was just like this kind of crazy bit of magic that happened there and the tracks were then done and then after that that was when um, the all the work on the vocals and the overdubs were done uh, with with um, Laurie in his production studio, so that I think was a great great moment as well to have the time to be able to work on the vocals and have a lot of time to do all those kind of last um, bits of the record that really make or break a record. You know, something that are kind of rushed and overlooked, and that was such a a great a great opportunity that we got there. You mentioned recording everything live in in the studio, and there's a certain sense of vulnerability to that, you know, because you know there's mistakes, there's there's things that you have to do, and it's a little bit different than normal, you know, a normal recording process. How did that develop? How was that decided upon by the band? We just we just knew there was like. Paracrazy, our previous record was great. It was definitely a massive step forward for the band. But we still knew there was something missing. Like, we, I don't know, we, we wasn't, we couldn't quite put our finger on it. And we I mean, it, Yeah, it was really, it was Laurie who, yeah. who he, he wanted, he, I think he'd always wanted to do, record the yeah. band live, but we'd never really had the opportunity to be able to do it. And I think with everything that happened, this opportunity came around where yeah. we were in a place where we could spend the time and do that. So it was really him 100% who, who pushed for that. Down. And you know what? I think it's, we're looking back now and we just wish we had done it on every other album. Yeah. 
because the results are amazing. But like yeah. you said, with but the I mistakes, think, but I think that's, yeah. I think the thing with the mistakes is like you can probably listen to this record and like pick out the odd bum note or the odd like like mishap on on the drums. Well, you can or do. We've heard them, <laughs> but but that's what makes the record great. That's like you you listen you listen to the early like. Like the ACDC records, like Let There Be Rock at the start of Overdose, there's like bum notes everywhere. The guitars come out, out like in out of tune and stuff. But that's what makes them records magic, and that it gives gives it character. You know what I mean? I think with that, it's just it's just so it's got such a kind of organicness that you can't replicate. You know what I mean? You can't replicate them little mistakes here and there. And that's Which, what makes the songs rock and roll. Is also it isn't you know it is a live feeling. When you know rock and roll is about going to a gig and 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 having that kind of energy there, and that I think is maybe missing in a lot of records these days, and and maybe why we feel like sometimes you you know you look back at the the records that were made in the seventies, you go why did they have so much vibe? Because they weren't layered up, you know, they were really they were live records four, recorded four mics in a room, yeah, and and that was really something that happened on this album as well. You know, you, you don't hear there's not you know six guitars aside or whatever it is just two guitars that is it you know there, there was a couple of songs that we did a small small amount of layering up on the guitars but throughout most of the record it really is the you know the two guitars drums and bass and vocals and that's it and there's, there's nothing else I also think too that you know the mistakes and the rawness is also part of rock and roll you know when you think of ACDC you think of Zeppelin um, you you think of those mistakes. You think of the the rawness of the of that music. Yeah, but is that fitting that kind of into the modern age of music, where music is you know very produced these days, and it's kind of finding that balance? You can't, you know, you couldn't release a seventies record now. I don't think it would have the same impact. So it's it's trying to keep that, you know, that that live rawness that you want, but also the production has to be pretty spot on and to compete with records these days. I also think too, you know, for a while, and there's still bands that do this, that it almost seems like things have become a little overproduced for a lot of yeah, for a lot of absolutely. rock music. You know, where there's there's not a lot of air between the notes. Everything is very compressed, and I think it loses. It takes the character away from it. Yeah, it takes. You know, there there's no, you know, there there's no sense of wonder when everything is overproduced. Yeah. It it could it could be the same sample from another record you know what I mean yeah I, I think that loses its edge you know it, it you know it may sound great but I think rock and roll is born out of that that raw it, energy further away from like the live energy to a very produced feel and I think the whole thing with rock and roll is that it is you know it, it's, it's all about that that energy that live energy when you see a band and that I think the more you know, the more heavily produced an album is, the further you're getting away from that natural organic sound that is what you, first of all, fall in love with when you listen to rock and roll. What was it like breaking in a new member? I know Andy Milburn is now the bass player. and oh, yeah. We've only met him three times. Well, that's a bit of a, sure. You know, it's a bit of a bad run of luck with this kind of thing because, you know, we'd, wanted to, we'd love to have hung out with him a lot more. But, you know, like Dan said, we've only seen him a handful of time. He's from Newcastle as well, so yeah. he's like five hours away from us. So it's it's been it's been like we've all been keeping in touch like through like Skype and, and Facebook and stuff. But like 
it's going to be nice in a couple of months when lockdown eases a bit and we can start like jamming and rehearsing together. I have to imagine that is a bit of a challenge. You know, when you're writing a new record and a new album, you have a pandemic and you've got a new member in a band. That's got to be a lot of challenges on different fronts. Quite, quite a few challenges here, yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. But we've got through them. That's the main thing. I think, it, you know, there's, there's no like, because this has never happened before, there is no rule book on what we've got to do and, and how to do it. I think it's just we, we're taking each each kind of step as we as we get to it and working out like, you know, our next step is we've, we've been now announced for a few headline shows and it's like, okay, right, well, how do we start getting the band into rehearsals when, you know, at the moment we still can't meet. So it's, it's just dealing with each step as it comes and, you know, but all that matters to us is that the music's there and the music's going to be out there and it's we just got to make it work. I imagine, you know, well, first of all, there is no re- kind of rule book or playbook with rock music, right? Kind of, you know, the, it's never been about that. But, you know, I, I imagine, was, you know, I, be. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine that, you know, there's also a sense of excitement, you know, having some new energy in the band and, you know, a new a new perspective that you have with a new member. Um, yeah. But just, you know, because of the pandemic, you're like, you know, probably there's there's a less, not not a less ideal time to bring in a new member. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like with the music video, Dan, yeah. you know, it was like for us, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen the new the new singles. So we had Rat Race and Wrong Way yeah. came out, but we filmed both of those videos in one day. Um, and that for us was, you know, because we, we filmed it on a stage, obviously without a crowd there. But for us, that was like playing the first gig with Andy. And, and the, even though it was just a video, the, the kind of new energy he was bringing into the band was so exciting. And, then, and it's nice to be like, it's nice to be in the sense where we're all on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah. With, with Rick, like we're all still massively close with him. He's, he's like a brother. We, we, we keep in contact all the time. But, but not on the same but, page. But anymore, he's, he's, he's drive for the band has gone in a different direction and he wanted other things. So when you get that one person that's not in 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 the the same formula as you guys, it breaks the connection. You know what I mean? So thankfully with Andy joining, we're all we're all going in the same line again. You know what I mean? How does or what is the future right now in the UK? You know, I I know what what we have here in the states, but. You know, as you guys kind of plan 2021 and kind of plan your next step with this album, what is, what do you guys expect to happen? I mean, is there still a lot of unknown or do you think that things are starting to open up a little bit and start starting to be planned? I know some festivals yeah. were canceled, but can you speak about that? What, do you, what are your thoughts? I think there's a, there's a lot of unknown. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a massive gray area because there's the potential that we might be back to normal mm-hmm. by July because everyone's obviously getting vaccines and stuff. But it's a very, it's a very, like a real potential. Yeah, you we know were also I mean? going to celebrate Christmas, but yeah. that never happened. So I think like you, we, we, we're not, you know, we're optimistic guys that we want it all to go back and we don't want to not make any plans. But it's also at the same point, I don't think we're, we're not putting together yeah. a huge tour of the UK because it's just rescheduled shows. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's rescheduling the like, shows two or three times. It's just, it's horrible for fans. Yeah. It messes everyone around. So I think at the moment we're, we're putting in... We're just focusing for 2022. Yeah, but we're in, just putting the odd shows, odd shows in here and there. And then really, I, I guess we'll, everyone will push for, for early next year and going into mid next year in the festival season. 
because it's just it's just an uncertain time you know we've, we've had you know times before with the last lockdown we thought we were out of this and then all of a sudden you know it was a whole nother lockdown that's almost been worse than the first one so it's just about staying positive and, and doing what we can do but trying not to put too much at risk where we, we have to let everyone down is there a sense of you know, when you think of, of the live show, is there a sense of of that changing when things do come back? Have they talked about, you know, capacity levels at clubs and theaters and whatnot? Have you... Yeah, the most, the, all restrictions are meant to be lifting June 21st, but it's, if so, it changes every yeah. day. You, you have no idea, you know. We know I know that Download have cancelled because I don't think they're willing to take the risk. So I don't know... Some festivals are meant to be going ahead, some aren't. I, it, it, I think it's purely a case that we've got to get to July and we've got to see what happens because yeah. until then, no one's really going to know. Like it's, it's also depending on the public as well. If the public will stick stick to the uh, the rules that are set in place and and to avoid big gatherings and stuff like that, it's it will basically it's touch and go until July. I think in the one sense, though, it's good for, you know, the smaller promoters and the smaller festivals. Right. They're, they're the ones who are having a chance, you know, maybe, you know, when you compete with giants like Glastonbury, Download and Reading, you know, it, it's, it's hard as a, as a new promoter, but it, it's, it's good in the sense that these smaller festivals, I think, are actually going to have a real good bit of luck and be able to come through and have a lot of people interested in them. And not only that, it's going to open a, a load of doors for new bands that can't yeah. get through the door at the moment, you know what I mean? How have you guys thought about the live performance and all the changes that go on behind the scenes and backstage, how things will be different? I know, you know, there's a lot of people back backstage and a lot of people help put on the live show. There's a lot of interaction with individuals. Has have you guys given any thought to that? I think I think it's going to bring a lot of new perspective because I think people are going to appreciate which what other people do, you know what I mean? The agents are going to appreciate the promoters. The promoters are going to appreciate the band. And everyone's going to realise that when you take any of them elements out of this whole music industry, you don't get it folds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, with no shows, no bands, the promoters earn no money, and then the agents get no money. You know what I mean? So everyone needs each other to 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 make this happen. You know what I mean? And I think it's, it's definitely grounded a lot of people and it's put a lot of things into perspective about what's important within the music industry and what's not. And I think that's only a positive. Have, did you guys ever consider delaying the release of the album until there was a little bit more of a clearer picture? It was actually already delayed. I yeah, think the well, album was going to be... Was, I don't know if it was originally planned for before Christmas, but um, it kind of worked out a little bit, which I actually think worked in a perfect favour because we got, had a chance to do the videos, really hype up the you know, the singles, which is, it was being great because, you know, for the first time for us as well, we're having a proper run at the US. You know, we've never had this kind of amount of support for a record and press, which is mega. And, and I think in a sense, delaying it slightly has worked out perfectly for us. Um, I don't think we ever really had a, a real conscious thing, but, you know, a, a lot of these are left up to the labels and they decide when a good dates went on. But um, it was definitely, it has been pushed back a bit, but I think right now is the perfect time you know, if everything works out how they reckon it will here, you know, it's going to give another, you know, the album will be out and then within two months we should be doing our first shows. So I think it should work out perfectly. 
Yeah, I mean, I also too you know, imagine that you know, the longer your fans sit with the new music and are able to absorb the new music on the new album, it's better for that material too, as well for when you perform it live. I definitely, um, I've definitely noticed a big, big like jump within viral streams and and listeners and stuff since the lockdown because you know I mean music gets people through the worst of situations you know what I mean so I definitely think it's been a really really good thing for for new new albums and music coming through it's an exciting time for rock music in general you know I mean I, I just think with all the new music that's happening and all the stuff that's going on a lot of quality quality music that is that is being released and you know you guys I think releasing an album now is probably the best because you're at the forefront for what's to come when albums start being released in late spring and the summer and into the fall i think anyone that releases an album within the first few months of the new year is kind of ahead of the game yeah absolutely i think it's just it's hard for us because the thing is we you know the tracks were done like four or five months ago now so for us, it's like, you know, we just want to get it out there. But I think we waited the perfect amount of time and, and hopefully everything should just line up perfectly. Is there a sense of frustration having this material and, and not knowing when you're going to be able to play it live? Every day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. It definitely grinds in us quite, yeah. quite a lot. Especially when you're just looking out the window thinking, what am I going to do today? I'll just watch telly. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like we, we, we definitely are itching to get back on the road. And I think from when we when we start to tour again, people are going to see a massive difference in this band and the mm. material now. How much this whole period has has made us really dig deep and and come think, out stronger. Yeah, it's put a massive like real perspective for me. It's just how much I actually love music and how much it you know really does mean to you. Like, when, when you yeah, let alone playing, just miss going to see live music. Exactly, like even in, in like someone playing in a pub. You know what I mean? It's just. I think, yeah, I mean, we all said before, you know, we, we saw Slipknot right before this lockdown. And we were saying, you know, how much we actually really, because when you're in a band, you don't actually go and see as many live shows as you think, because you're always so wrapped up doing your own thing and you're always on tour. Yeah. But when you actually go to a gig, like, and it's something that I think maybe we've realised. Yeah, definitely. You, you, can never really, you can never really focus on anything around you. It's like, even when you play, like, these big festivals and stuff, you're, you're there. I'm focusing on my gig what we're going to do with this gig. And if you don't even think about the bands that you, you love to go and watch mm. them, you know what I mean? So it's just, it, 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 it'd be nice just to go and see bands, you know what I mean? I think and it's, yeah, new it made us like really fall in love with live music again, like, because there's a whole different side of when you're playing a show to when you're actually seeing a show. And um, something that I, I really, you know, am going to, you know, I think more between us, like we're going to make sure we're actually going and seeing more live music because it's what got us into playing music. Yeah, you know, it's, it's again, you know, something that's been a huge void in a lot of music fans' you know, lives. It, it, you know, it's just taking that away. I mean, I think of the last show I saw, and I've mentioned this before, was Big Wreck, which is a Canadian band out of, Can- you know, in, in Chicago. I saw them in November of 2019. That was the last concert I was at. I usually go to 20, 20 to 30 shows a year. And I haven't been to a show in a year and a half. Yeah, I know. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm itching to get back and I can't wait. What about playing the States? Has there been any thoughts, you guys, coming over here? 
I mean, we love to. Like, we haven't been back. We haven't been to the states in nearly ten years, so we are literally itching to get back out there. Like when when we last went, it was like we we wasn't really set up for uh, like as far as label and stuff concerned because we did our label at the time didn't have a rep over there, so we didn't really get a chance to make the most of it. But what what when we were out there, it was unbelievable. We went down well, and like the American American fans loved us. But we've just never had the opportunity. And if we go out again, we want to do it properly. So we'd, we'd want to go out on a tour when we're there for three, three to four months to make it financially viable for us to, to go and do it. You know what I mean? So, But the second the opportunity arises, we'll be out there. Even if we have to be in the back of an RV for, yeah. for six months, we'll be out there. It's a huge expense, right, to play the States. I mean, there's a lot of things in, involved to get you know across the pond. Oh, yeah, the first... The first time we went out there, well, the only time we went out there, we we we, we, were, we got on the Kiss and Motley Crue tour, and like my dad had to remortgage our house and stuff just to manage to get get the money to to upfront cost to get out there. You know what I mean? But thankfully, when we were out there, just through us selling our merch and CDs at, at the end of every every show, we broke even. So it was it was unbelievable, really, for us. Well. Danny and Tao, it's been a blast. Thank you very much for doing this. The new album is Waiting for Good Luck on Frontiers Records. The band is the treatment. Excited about this album. Another great new album in 2021. Thanks for doing the show, guys. No, no thanks for laying so much, man, and hope to catch you soon. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. You know, I mean, uh, I know I was supposed to come out or I was thinking about coming out to the U.K., Last summer, and obviously COVID hit, and it kind of put a damper on everything. So, you know, obviously not this summer. There's not going to be much going on. But hopefully at some point I'm able to get out there and check out you guys yeah. and some other bands too as well. Definitely. Well, if uh, you don't make it here, then I hope we make it to you first, all right? So yeah, we'll see fin- you at some point down the road. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So, all right, everybody. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Stay strong, stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thanks. We're in the rat trap, rat race, and there ain't no escape. Have you ever lifted a piece of furniture and found the carpet underneath looks brand new while the rest of it looks, well, not brand new? That's when you realize you need new carpeting. 
At the Home Depot, we have a wide selection of all the top brands. Best of all, we'll install it for you. And even better than best of all, we install it free. So all you need to do is choose from our hundreds of styles and colors. Start your installation today at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.